And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Now they give it to Green. Green stutter step. He's through. First down, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40. Run, William, run. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. In the backfield, two receivers left, one right. Mayfield back to pass. Lux going towards the end zone, and it's caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Touchdown! He got it! He got it! The rookie from Michigan got it with 11 seconds left to go! Pumping once, now throwing long down the left side. Slaughter has it! He's going in for a touchdown! The problem won the game! hey ho and what do you know welcome everybody to another edition of the top dogs podcast as we're going to put it it's season three now because season two is during the season season three is going to be the off season and we are back every week now thank sweet baby jesus because this is the only time of the year where Jack and I can uh, get our schedules to make this work. And joining me as always, my co-host Jack McCurry. Goose is here. Goose, how are you? Nothing. How's going on, Maverick? Oh man, we're finally in the off season. It's finally all over. We are. It shouldn't be over already. God damn it! It okay. should not be. No, it shouldn't. Yes, um, we're bitter. We're bitter Browns. <laughs> oh team. yeah, and the Bengals are about to run the division. Great, great year, guys. Great job, everybody. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, we do have a sh- good show planned for you guys today. Uh, I did want to go over the Russell Westbrook uh, news that kind of broke. Russell Wilson. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Why am I seeing Russell Westbrook? He's not coming to the Cavs. Thank God. <laughs> Wait a minute. I've heard otherwise. No, I'm kidding. No. Hell no. <laughs> no, we need shooters, baby. We need guys that can shoot. Did you know, actually that Russell Westbrook news, you know, to get on the Russell Westbrook news, did you see what he did with that kid yesterday who lost his family in the fire? You know, that touching thing. He was showing him pointers on his follow through. And the first thing going through my mind is kid, whatever you do, do not listen to Russell Westbrook when it comes to shooting the basketball, whatever, whatever he says to do, do the opposite, do the opposite, have LeBron come over and show you. That's the Russell Westbrook news I wanted to drop with you guys. But there is Russell Wilson news that we are going to talk about on today's show. What a segue. That, that was beautiful. Um, so also, we do have Big Board 2.0, which is coming out on the Dogland on Tuesday. But if you're listening to the Top Dogs podcast, you will get the exclusive Top 25 Big Board reveal today on this podcast and here's a spoiler for you guys there are no qbs in the top 25 none none whatsoever not a sight and i don't see that changing i have watched enough kenny pickett tape bust i'm convinced it, it guys it's mitch trubisky tape all over again and for those of you who don't know like I'm doing a top 10 um, hits and misses. Now, Jack, you help run the site. The question yeah. I have to ask you is, 
when it comes to hits, is it players I was correct and became stars on, or could it be players I was right, whether they were great or not? I could almost uh, do a second one based off of guys I said would be busts. Yeah, I mean, because there's guys that you were high on that maybe the experts like the McShays, the Matt Millers, the Kuipers that they weren't high on, but you were like, you noticed something. So you're going to that list. And then you had the guys that you knew were like, can't miss it. Prospects. I probably might do a top five guys I knew would bust. And, yeah. And number one is Trubisky spoiler alert. I want my poor Mitchell. Well, here's the reason why. And it's a funny story. There was a, uh, it was the bowl game. I sat and watched and I had like a, a whole thing of I had my notebook out and I think I still have that notebook somewhere where I wrote the original notes he was either there on my laptop I think I had a notebook and I'm writing down as he's playing and on the second drive now they're playing Stanford and I actually know somebody on the defensive side at Stanford because he went to Brexville my alma mater shout out Mike Tyler um and he was in because I knew his number. I was like, oh gosh, Mike's in the game. Let me see what's going on here. I knew he wasn't the stand. I knew it was Solomon Thomas who had a huge game that day. But that second drive, all three plays, Mike Tyler blew up the entire play each time and Trubisky knew nothing. He didn't know what to do. I was like, Brexville guys, don't beat men or kids. He's a bust. <laughs> that was my logic. I was like, yes, he knows he went to Brexville. They, they grew up in the same area. He should know he's not a threat. No, Mike Tyler is a threat. Like that kid was a beast in high school. Uh, <laughs> hope he's doing well. Uh, but yeah, that's how I knew Mitch was not good. Cause I saw the, the footwork. I was like, you no. And then I saw uh, Kenny Pickett's footwork. I was like, am I watching the same quarterback again? I've seen this before. So off my top 25. But anyways, let's jump right into this, Jack. Um, so the Russell Wilson news, uh, he apparently is seeking out possibilities for his future. He is allowed to explore. Now, Jack, are we in agreement? Cleveland is not in that discussion. Until we hear otherwise, no. Exactly. So I, as much as I'd love it, and I think he's a, an amazing fit on this team, you get him the right wide receivers and the right talent around him. He's never going to be a fit with what he wants in a team. So I've eliminated Russell Westbrook, but that doesn't mean that Russell Wilson, you oh. keep saying, <laughs> why am I doing this? I don't know. It's okay. <sighs> I'm in good. basketball mode. I, I really am. Hey, life is good right now. The Cavs are. I know, right? <laughs> I'm actually enjoying Cavs games for once. I'm like, go be open. What the hell, bro? And then I see the report of, well, Dan Gilbert's not as involved. And I'm like, oh, so there's the underlying reason. Shout out Kobe Alt for getting that extension. Kobe Altman promotion. was a good GM. It's just he was he had to do I his told you. job. I wow, told you. what a novel concept. <clears throat> it's like other teams in this city when they do their jobs, when you let the front office do their jobs, they actually run things well. Bravo, Cavs, bravo. 
am I complimenting the Cavs on this show? Maybe, but I'm Hell not has go- frozen over. I'm not going Nick Carnes though. I'm not writing haikus and poems. <laughs> Hell <laughs> no. <laughs> I, it, Nick, that was not a jab, but it's just more of like, I know my friends would tell me don't do it. Like, okay. <laughs> I won't. I won't. Uh, but but it, deep down, I'm still going to criticize just on the inside because it's working. It's working and you know, it's working. So anyways, Russell Wilson, sorry. Can, can we stop just calling them all Russ and all this stuff? Can we just like find a nickname for Russell Wilson? <laughs> Ciara's husband. <laughs> you want to, he's called Ciara's husband. I can't, I can't do it. But Ciara's husband uh, and I think that's going to be a key factor is Ciara. Where does she want to go? Right. So you can eliminate Pittsburgh. Most likely you can eliminate Cleveland. And we should talk about the Pittsburgh news that came out on Sunday as well. So go ahead, go ahead with that. Cause I must've missed it. Well, it was right around the same time that the Russell Wilson stuff came out. Ian Rappaport talking about you sure it's not Pittsburgh- Russell Westbrook. <laughs> no, it's not Russell Westbrook. Um, but he was talking about like what the Steelers plan is at quarterback. They said, cause Kevin Colbert, who is retiring after the draft is still running everything. He's still going to construct this roster through the draft. They said, it's not Steeler like for him or for the organization to trade multiple first for Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. So throw that out the bag. Sounds like the plan is that they're going to let, Dwayne Haskins, Mason Rudolph, and what sounds like a high draft pick to compete for the starting job. And please take Kenny Pickett. Please take Kenny Pickett. You they fools. Did, and they did mention Kenny Pickett just because he's the hometown kid, University of Pittsburgh. Um, seems like a lot of people are trying to connect the dots there. Could it be? Uh, could it happen? Yes. Maybe they like Malik Willis. Maybe they like Matt Corral. I mean, we'll find out in the months to come who Pittsburgh likes at quarterback. But if anybody's hoping that they might make a trade for Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, that doesn't seem to be the case. Kenny Pickett's going to need an O-line and they don't have it. And that's where I'm like, if he's going to thrive, I saw that Clemson game and that dude gets happy feet. And honestly, I wouldn't be stunned if they went a year, you know, and sat him or whoever they pick. I know there's going to be people saying, Hey, play them. And you know, maybe rightfully so, but none of these quarterbacks are ready. And if I'm a Browns fan, that news is relief because that means to me that the door is open. If you can get it right at quarterback and fill in your problems on the offense, that number one, you're not going to be dead last in the division next year, that there's a very good chance. It could be Pittsburgh. And it's not because they're not a talented team. They are. They're kind of like the Browns in a lot of ways where the pieces are there. You're missing just a few pieces. I think they're missing a few more than the Browns, even though they're in the playoffs. And what I mean is from a Super Bowl, not from a playoff standpoint. I I mean, as we've seen this year, Jalen Hurts is playing right now, terrible football. And it tells me anyone can make the playoffs if you're in the right division and the right things happen. And for the Steelers, the right things happen. Lamar Jackson gets injured, goes on COVID list, and doesn't play for over a month. If Lamar Jackson plays that last month, the Ravens are probably in, not the Steelers. 
if Baker Mayfield doesn't regress, the Browns are in, not the Steelers. So it tells me that they have a playoff roster. And shout out Jason Roberts for saying at the beginning of the year that the Steelers are a team that's going to bludgeon people with their defense. They're going to beat you down in every way possible that by the fourth quarter, you can't take it anymore. And that's their MO. And it works in the NFL. It really does. When you have the players, it can and will work. But for them, you have a veteran quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger who has been able to win games, who has those clutch moments. And you're going to be hearing a lot about clutch moments this whole offseason because the Browns don't have that at quarterback. I'm not saying Ben's better than Baker or vice versa. It's more of when it matters the most, what's going to happen? What is going to be the deciding factor? And we saw it with the Steelers when they had to go down the field to beat the Ravens, to give themselves a shot at the playoffs. They did it. Ben did it. He found a way. And you don't have that. And they did. Next year, will they have that? That's the million-dollar question. If they don't, great. You have TJ Watt, who's going to go for the NFL record for sacks. You have Minka Fitzpatrick, who's one of the best safeties in football, and you have a collection of good secondary players and great pass rushers. You have a great defense. There's no question about that. You have offensive weapons in Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Freermuth, and otherwise, Najee Harris, James Washington. If you bring back Juju, you may have Juju again. You don't have an O-line. You don't. It's getting better, though. It's getting getting better, better. but you still don't have one that's going to help a young quarterback who's inexperienced and doesn't have much success like Haskins or Rudolph. That is the problem, or even Pickett. Yeah. That is going to be the problem for the Steelers next year. So as a Browns fan, you're hearing this news and you're relieved. Okay, maybe we can, in a worst-case scenario, ride it out with Baker. Maybe you can afford to, because I think you'll finish no better than third. I mean, no worse than third. Sorry about that. No worse than third place. So, and it's not me saying the Steelers suck. It's just more, if that's going to be your quarterback situation, good luck. Good luck, boys. You'll need it. So, but when it comes to Russell Wilson, making sure we're saying the right names, this is going to be the Ryan gag of the show. Um, (laughs) I'm looking at a few teams. I'm looking at Philly. Because today proved Jalen Hurts is not the guy that can get you to a Super Bowl. I'm looking at the Giants very quietly. Yes. They, depending on what they do, I think they're very much in play. Miami is out. They are 100%. Oh, not for Wilson, for Watts. I'm sorry. Um, I would say 50-50 on Miami simply because... I don't know what they're doing with their head coaching situation. And we should really go over some of the firings because I do have some thoughts. I do have some insight on the Harbaugh situation, um, especially after our uh, last week, our spaces session on the dog land. Um, I'll go into that real quick. Um, I spoke to someone yesterday with some knowledge 
Uh, last week, they were very much scared. Um, right now, I can tell you they are a little bit more relieved of how things have played out but they know the possibility is still there. And they said, you know, it's kind of weird where you see other guys getting extensions in their contracts right now. And Jim's not getting one. Right. And I said, Ooh, that's a good point. And the buyouts, not that much. So an NFL team can very easily pay that buyout to Michigan and get Harbaugh Mm -hmm. until he signs that new extension where the buyout's a little bit bigger and the bonuses are there. It's still possible, but I will say this. They were scared most of Oakland. Them getting in was a relief. And I think with Miami, with their owner not being the one, he's so, this is a bad sign if you're Miami. Your owner is more committed to the University of Michigan, his alma mater, than he is to his own freaking team. When you say, I'm not going to be the man that takes Jim Harbaugh away from Michigan, who are you as an owner? Then you're not trying to better yourself. As an NFL team, I die for Jim Harbaugh. As he's, my the best, he's the best coaching candidate out there. Hands he, is, down. he is an outstanding NFL coach. Yes. Because his personality in the NFL works. It kind of works in college. He's still a little bit too rah-rah for some people's taste for college, but in the NFL, he knows how to translate that. Well, just look at his win-loss record. Four years, he went to three AF- three NFC championship games in a Super Bowl. Put him on that Miami team with Tua. I mean, I could see him upgrading from Tua, finding a yeah. way to do it. I could see him trying to find a way to get Russ, but, you know, but if he could upgrade from Tua, and with that defense that is very talented in finding a couple more weapons on the offensive side for whoever your quarterback is and establishing a running game, which he's the one that sought out a Greg Roman to run his offense properly. So he knows what kind of offense he wants to run, which is a running offense that leads to the pass, which plays very well to a Russell Wilson and a Tua. He plays extremely well to their strengths. And I know an offensive coordinator he could go get right now. Alex Van Pelt. David Kelly. That too. Yeah. You could get one of those guys and immediately upgrade your team offensively and defensively. The fact that their owner, again, name escapes me, sorry. And honestly, it doesn't matter because he's being a terrible owner for not even considering this. First off, why do you fire Brian Flores other than the, you know, he wants Watson, they want to, I don't know what it is, but the dissension between front office and head coach, like I would trust the coach more. He led you to seven straight wins, not the GM. Right. Like get the GM you want. The GM that chose Tua over Justin Herbert. Exactly. I mean, that's. It, it bugs me that Miami's really going to do this. And I feel bad for Dolphin fans because again, they've been searching for something since, you know, Dan Marino and Browns fans can relate to this stuff. Yes. We've been waiting since Bernie and we're still kind of waiting. I mean, we had that one year and you guys have had those one years. I mean, you know, the, the wildcat year. I mean, that was great. That was awesome. But at the same time, it's like, man, can you ever get it right? And we understand that feeling. Yeah. Right when you have something good going 
And Jimmy Haslam, I hope you're reading into what fans and media like are thinking of Brian Flores' firing. And you take notes that regardless of next year, you have to stick through this. You have to see it through for once. To the bitter end, play out the whole freaking contract. Don't give extensions. Don't do nothing. Let them play out their five years and then do something. That's my advice to Jimmy, because if he does it and let's say it fails, people will start to trust Jimmy and will come here, but I think they're going to be successful and get extensions anyways, and we'll be fine. But besides the point, the floor is firing. Didn't get it. Jack, your thoughts on that real quick. I mean, we'll, we'll get to the rest of the Russell Wilson, you know, suitors in a moment. No, I think I think it was it was a mistake. Um, and you know, Glazer kind of tipped his hand, and he even said he goes, "If they do this, it's really really questionable." And then, of course, everybody kind of connected the dots, thinking maybe they were going to hire Harbaugh, but then um, I think his name's Stephen Ross, the Dolphins. Yeah, that's who it is. He, he said it wasn't going to happen. I just don't understand their logic. I'm anxious to see who they think who they're going to hire and think is better. Um, it's clear that they want someone that's going to try to get the most out of Tua. Obviously, they want to try to make that pick work because of what Justin Herbert's doing in Los Angeles, but it's a mistake. And then, of course, everybody, the narrative that Belichick understudies don't work. I think the problem. Flores was working. They just didn't see it through. Flores was working. My thing with the Belichick assistants, I think a lot of people, A, those guys try to act like Belichick, but B, people forget Belichick's first go around as a head coach in Cleveland was not all sunshine and roses. The media didn't like them. The fans didn't like them. These NFL teams don't see the plan through the way Modell didn't see the plan through with Belichick. Like, it takes time. They want to do things their way. They want to build it from the ground up. But they all expect immediate results because these guys learned under Belichick they should be able to come in and win Super Bowls right away. It doesn't win like that. Of course, not everybody's going to get a five-year plan, but – if they want to do things their way, it does take time. And obviously it was working with Flores. I mean, to start out one and seven and then rip off seven straight wins this year. I mean, that says something. It means the players are buying in. The players aren't happy that they got rid of Flores, but I mean, the Dolphins, much like the Browns have been a revolving door for a long time since the Marino day, since the Don Shula day. So like I said, it's going to be interesting to see who Miami plans on hiring. And they're obviously going to be under the microscope if, this doesn't turn out the way they hope it does with Tua. Yeah, very much so. Um, so we have the list of coaches uh, who were fired this year. Um, obviously, you know, we saw John Gruden resign due to his scandal. Uh, Urban Meyer fired um, due to his crap being exposed. Um, Vic Fangio, the Broncos, not surprised, really couldn't get anything going. I don't think it was fully his fault. I think it was more Pat Shermer's fault than anything else. Gee, another job. Pat Shermer couldn't get the job done, but he also didn't have a quarterback. So it's a little bit of everyone, but I think also George Patton wants to get his own guy in there. Um, Mike Zimmer and the entire Vikings front office fired. Rick Spielman's out. Finally. Um, I think, I, I mean, I think Rick Spielman's a great executive. I would not be stunned in the He's slightest. He's good, not great. I wouldn't be stunned in the slightest if he came to Cleveland in some limited capacity almost. 
I could see him going to Detroit and joining I could his brother. See, I could see it as well. Um, I mean, it's one of the two. Either he'll go with his brother, but I think with Dorsey there, you really can't have two former GMs really in the same room. Right. I think Barry's more the collaborator type where he will listen to all minds, and it wouldn't shock me if he brings a Spielman in, especially if, you know, the Browns lose somebody at, at the GM, you know, in the higher executive role. So it'd be, I think it'd be a great idea for the Browns to at least bring almost a McLugan role, almost almost yeah. advisory role, maybe for draft season or something, uh, just to kind of pick his brain a little bit because he probably did his own scouting and wouldn't hurt to get a second frame of mine when it comes to players. Um, but Zimmer's gone. I have no idea where they're going with this. I mean, the Lane Kiffin rumors are there. I mean, they're interviewing think, everybody. I mean, I mean, I don't think they know what they want to do. And right. that is, that's bad. Like that's where firing Spielman doesn't make sense to me, where if you have no direction where you want to go, I know the rumors are Glenn cook, uh, the Browns was a pro scouting director. What's his role? I think he was V he's like a personnel guy. Personnel guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, he impressed the bears. Uh, I know he's interviewing with the Vikings, but again, the question right now is what is the Vikings direction? And are you going to get rid of Kirk? Are you going to roll with Kirk? And if you get rid of Kirk, are you okay with Kellen Mond? Is Kellen Mond available? That's a guy I'd love the Browns to get on the cheap. If, whoever goes in there doesn't like him and just say, Hey, you know, we'll take a flyer on him and see if he develops. And maybe he turns into a guy that we like. He was going to tear it down and rebuild. I see that being most likely the case. And most GMs are not going to like that. So that's where I think our guys, you know, aren't going to take that job uh, barring a miracle. Um, so we also got Matt Nagy finally fired. They cleaned with house it. too. They yeah. cleaned house about freaking time. I, I can't, that. I can't believe that they were talking about Ryan Pace, potentially keeping his job. The dude traded up for Trubisky. Like, I know, right. He wasn't the greatest drafter. Like he got no. Roquan Smith and he got some, he got Eddie Jackson, but Eddie Jackson's kind of tail spinning out of control with his career. He's not, he's regressed. Um, but yeah, like, Trading up for Trubisky when Mahomes and Watson were there, like it's a bad look. And oh the no, fact it's, that he it's almost a really got, bad look. The fact that he was almost saved really says something about the Bears organization. And that's where I think they blew it up because I again my Michigan contacts told me that's Harbaugh's dream NFL job in the right scenario. He would yeah. love to coach the Bears. And it wouldn't shock me. And I think I brought up to you, it was Jeff Ireland on the Saints, who was a ball boy for yeah, the, so. the Bears in the 80s, knew Walter Payton and others, and his dad is a longtime Chicago scout. I'm like, if he gets hired, and I passed along my contact, he's like, you're connecting dots. He said, that's not his guy, but like, he probably would be comfortable with them. Coming from the Saints, no Sean Payton he would feel comfortable with them. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. So if that becomes the case, I think Harbaugh is in play there again. Don't know where they're going with this. I could definitely see this being a Brian Flores destination. Yes. God, he'd be amazing with that defense. He, he would probably God, if he can get a, 
if he can get Justin Fields, an offensive coordinator, to develop him with weapons, oh my God, the Bears would be a problem in about two years. Yeah. And Flores is going to make the Dolphins pay. And I think he would love that job personally. Uh, obviously, the Dolphins, I don't know where they're going here. I would say, by the way, Broncos, Dan Quinn makes the most sense. Luke Getzey, Luke Getzey, the OC, that, that seems to be the trend right now. Um, it wouldn't shock me if Getzey or Nathaniel Hackett got the job because I think they're going after Rodgers. Oh, yeah. Time. Yeah. And I think with Elway's relations with Manning and Rodgers, it's very possible they get them. And, and the Broncos... The weapon- Go and ahead. the Broncos are up in the air because ownership's going to be changing. Exactly. So we'll see how this goes, but man, that's going to be an intriguing scenario. Uh, the Giants, I've heard Doug Peterson with them. Like that'd be good. That'd be that'd good. Be okay. the division. Yeah, it would be. I mean, first off, why did it take you so long to fire Joe Judge? <laughs> I mean, guys. Like the Mara family is extremely respected in the league, but you can't do this. Come on now, guys. You're better than that. Their daughter probably is a better owner than them, but she's too busy at acting and she's an outstanding actress. So there you go. I think her, their daughter would be better. Let her run it. She would know like it's crap. <laughs> but anyways, uh, and the, the Texans and the Texans. Mickey, Mickey D. It's got to be Mickey D, right? It's Mickey D or Flores, which if they're I, trying to if they're trying to hire Flores to convince Watson to say it's not going to work, he's not no. playing for the Houston Texans again. No, and so, I think I think that's going to be the case. They're going to go to Watson and say, what if we didn't trade you and we got you Flores? And he says no. And I think that's when they say, OK, Brian, we like you a lot, but yeah, we're not hiring. You. I would think it's going to be Flores, McDaniels or Gerard Mayo, who's being touted as a potential head coaching candidate. I think he's the linebacker coach in New England. I think he also helps defensive coordinating, but it's probably going to be another Belichick disciple. Um, Nick Casario, which there's a report out there that he has a headset during games, which he did in New England, but I'm sorry. You all mock Ray farmer now. Come on. Because he didn't do it the right way. He was texting. Oh my God. If you're allowed to wear a headset, if you're allowed to wear a headset, you should be allowed to do that. Come on now. That's BS. I'm sorry. You should be allowed to text if you can't, if you can wear a headset. That is bullshit. But I do feel bad for David Kelly, but at the same time, he's got, he got 22 million for one year of coaching. So, and he'll get another job somewhere widely respected around the league. Might be an OC somewhere. Uh, Might go back to Baltimore. Can we, can we bring him? And as a wide receivers coach, please. See, I like Chad O'Shea was so well respected coming in, and he did great work with New England. Like, I don't understand what went wrong. Can we just get Cully in here, like, please? Just get our offensive mind in here, please. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be shocked too if Pep Hamilton got the job too. Oh, in Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did I tell you what, standing work with David Mills. Mills. I know, told I, you he was solid. He just well, doesn't do anything great. I always liked what I saw out of him, but yeah, Pep Hamilton did a damn good job with him. Yeah. And lastly, we did not mention the Jags and the Raiders. So the Jags, can we agree the favorite should be Byron Leftwich to return home? Yes, but 
do we really think Bill O'Brien's going to be the next head coach? If Trent Baalke's there, I mean, it make. I mean, that's what we've heard. I'm going to so. I'm going to be honest with you, Jack. In mock 1.0, the first one I did rough draft, I have no idea who to go number one because it's Trent Baalke. I don't trust him. That's fine. Until I know his status, I don't know what to do with that pick. I'll be honest. I think it's going to be Evan Neal. I think they're going to pass and they're just going to take the safe pick. And I like Evan Neal. I think uh, Akeem. The all elite left tackle. Yeah, but Akeem Ikwanu is probably the better left tackle prospect. I don't get it. I, I don't. I don't. If 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 they go this route, let Nick Khan run the Jags. <laughs> let Nick Khan do it. Nick Khan, the Khan that's not related to the. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Let Nick Khan do it because at this point, I, I mean, you can't. Tra- it's going to be a fire sale. The it's clown going to be a fu- show. Yeah. Yes. The I think Nikon should do it. Fire sale everywhere. Just like the WWE. Screw it. They're, everyone's asking for their release there. Now Ali's saying I want out of this crap. And and as for the Raiders, because you did bring it up, Rich Basaccia yeah. should be the next head coach. He should. Mark Davis. I love how Joe Banner did a victory lap saying, I interviewed him back in 2013. Did he? Wait, did he interview for the Browns head coaching job? Apparently, Joe Banner said he did. I, okay, I'm going to look this up because. <laughs> Joe Banner said he did it, and I don't know if he said if it was publicized or not, but he said he got a lot of flack for it. In- he did. I actually remember this now because it, he was the Cowboys special teams coach. I remember this name and I was like, who the hell's Rich Passaccia? Cause we were going, that was, he was the, doing victory laps over that was, this. That was the Mike Pettin search. And they interviewed like everybody. This and was anybody. after Chip Kelly said, and hey, I'm oh, going to Philly. This is 2014. Oh, 2014. This is, this was after we fired Chud. Oh, shit. And originally it was because everyone, because everyone said they didn't want the job because Chud got one year. Well, because they tried to get McDaniels. Banner and Lombardi were infighting. Lombardi tried to swing a trade for Harbaugh, like, and we ended up hiring Mike Pettin. But yeah, Rich Basaccia, we did interview. So of course, Joe Banner is going to take his victory lap. Yeah, of course. Um, I think but, it's Basaccia or the uh, or the Harbaugh effect. Yeah, it's one of the be, two. Because and, they still like. But I will all, say this: if it's Basaccia, then Mayock's got one year left. He's right. Got, this is basically an endorsement on Mayock saying, I trust you to build the team. If not, Mayock is going to be fired with Bisaccia as well. I want Bisaccia to get the job, but I also want the Dorsey-Harbaugh chaos combo. God, I need that. Like, <laughs> because because those that don't know, even though two it's Jason, egomaniacs together, I need it. Because even though it's Jason Lockin is reporting, he is saying that Dorsey is a front runner for the Raiders GM job if they do make the change, which that obviously is probably playing a role because if a GM's going to come in, I'm sure Basachi's going to want to have input or the GM's like, I don't want Basachi to be head coach. So I wouldn't be shocked if that's the case. They use Carr to go get an extra pick to go get Watson or Wilson. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't shock me in the slightest. Wouldn't shock me. I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the cap situation is, but that's what's going on. Um, but anyways, uh, real quick to wrap up the whole coaching talk, Russell Wilson talk, um, 
so yeah, if you're going to ask me right now, Jack, who I'm betting Russell Wilson plays on next year, I'm going to say the Denver Broncos. Interesting. Because I don't know what the situation is for Rodgers. And until I know they're bringing in a Packers guy, I'm not, I'm going to rule it out. Okay. Because if they, if they bring in Quinn, that's great. Do they get Getsy? Does Getsy go along with it? Because if he does, then, okay, we can talk Aaron Rodgers. If he gets, I don't know, let's say, Van Pelt wants out and he gets an Alex. Well, no, that's a that's a Rogers. I think that I think if let's Van say Pelt gets, wanted, let's if say Van it's Pelt Cullen. wanted out, it would have happened by now. Yeah, let's say it's David Cullen. Let's okay. say it's Cullen because he's available. I think at that point it's Russell Wilson. Um, if it becomes a Rogers scenario, I'm gonna say Philly. Okay. I, I like what Matt Miller said. It's basically trade hurts and a few picks, and it's kind of a win-win situation. I don't disagree with that analysis because Philly could give up hurts, and let's be honest, they're three first-round picks this year, and that's enough. They're going to want future picks. Okay, so maybe they gave up two in a future. Right. Okay, so you win. You win that deal. By the way, Browns fans, we're watching Jimmy G play – in the in the playoffs maybe the browns future quarterback who knows there's a team that we did women women in cleveland would not be able to handle kevin stefanski and jimmy g together there's a team women would be swooning Russell wilson though alex okay what's that new orleans what's the situation michael thomas i'm assuming he's gonna be back we haven't i mean we haven't heard from him in Nearly a year. I, I just don't know. I don't want to say them until I but feel that's, even. Confident. But that's one of the original teams. That I know. Russell, but it can it can change. And he has a no trade clause. Yep. The original four was the Bears, the Cowboys, the Raiders, and the Saints. The Cowboys aren't trading for Russell Wilson. The Bears aren't. Yep. Well, the Bears might. This depends on their head coach. The Raiders might, but they New might. Orleans, even though there's seventy million over the cap projected right now. They'll find a way to get Russell Wilson if Russell Wilson wants to go. And we'll see. Yeah. So that's what's going on with Russell Wilson. We are not talking to Sean Watson. No, 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 not, not yet. for another month at least. Because and the- I, I will say there is one other team we didn't mention on Wilson who could. Indy. Yes. Yes. Indy would Indy. make a, a ton of sense. Indy is open for business when it comes to the quarterback position. Yep. Based on what they I said. Trust now. Ballard. Yes, and and of course people are like, well, they said that, but Barry and Stefanski said that they expect Baker. They expect Baker. I expect to wake up and go to work tomorrow. But guess what? I don't know what's going to happen between now and then. Yep. Just like between now and September, we don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback position for the Cleveland Browns. Yep. We expect Baker, but we don't know if it's going to be Baker. Exactly. So with that said, enough QB talk. I know what you guys are really here for. You're here for Big Board 2.0. I know that's why Jackie even got on the Zoom call. He said, Alex, I don't really give a damn about you. I'm just here for the Big Board. I told Jack Duffin the other day because, um, and, you know, people that listen to the Dogland podcast, off-season roster deep dive starts, starts this week. 
Um, I told Devin, I said, I hate talking about the offseason during the season, but when we get to the offseason, I can't wait. Between free agency, the draft. It's fun, isn't it? It is fun. Ladies and gentlemen, this is now year 10. Year 10 of me doing this crap. We actually, so my pod started March 4th, 2012. March 4th will be 10 years being a podcaster, broadcaster, whatever. And we'll mark 10 years of drafts, which man, it's been crazy from my first episode talking about how much I hated Brandon Whedon and loved Brock Osweiler to, uh, and even pointing out Russell Wilson and, you know, a couple of others and why we shouldn't have traded for our G three and all that stuff. And it was great. It was a fun time, um, to all the way to today, 10 years later, we're finally here. And we're working on some guests uh, this whole off season. I'm hoping to get some draft uh, guys from around the country uh, to come on in. And I pretty much have told them anytime, anywhere I'll record anytime. Like you just tell me when and where and Jack, I'm sorry if you're not there, but uh, it's for the better of the pod. And it's, it's more so me doing a celebration of this. Hey, um, no worries, man. But n- the number one thing from big board 2.0 is no QBs anywhere to be seen. And we had Malik Willis as the only top 15 QB in Mach 1.0 at number seven, and he's fallen all the way off. That was due to a bad year at Liberty, though I will give him some benefit of the doubt where he had a lot of younger receivers, more inexperienced, and... We'll see how that happens, you know, when it comes to the draft process. I can't wait to see him in the senior bowl. So excited about that. But let's start with number 25. Number 25, Jack, you may know him and you probably love him still. And it is Alabama wide receiver, Jamison Williams. He still stays at 25. There you go, Jack. I'm giving you that one, okay? Even though he's torn his ACL, as long as he's 100%, he's going to be a downfield threat in this league, no question about it. At number 24 is another wide receiver. Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. The more I watch, the more I'm intrigued. Sure, he's 5'11", but he's explosive as hell, and his route running is outstanding. This guy is going to be a big play threat down the field, as well. There are a bunch of downfield guys. Dodson might be the best out of all of them. It's very possible. I mean, I don't want to say he's an OBJ type, but you know, from what he is stat physically and what he does best on the field, it's a lot of OBJ stuff. There is a lot of OBJ in him. Number 23 was number 15 on big board 1.0. He has fallen off simply because of positional value, and that's Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State. He's going to be a three-down back in the NFL. He's going to be a guy that you can trust. Great vision, great power, breakaway speed. He can do it all. I love him. I love him to death. Number 22 from Northern Iowa. Yes, I said Northern Iowa. Offensive tackle Trevor Penning. Guys, look him up. He projects to be a left tackle, physical, athletic, checks off everything you're looking for at the position. I absolutely love this guy. 
and wish the Browns had a second first round pick so they could move Jedrick Wills to the right side. They felt they could teach him up. Put Bill Callahan with this guy. Woo, baby. Let's go. Number 21, Ahmad Garner, the cornerback out of Cincinnati. Physical, big physical corner. Love him. His production, make him one of the best in the class. And he was a leader of that team. And number 20 is Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson, the cornerback. He lived up to his hype. He just played for a bad team this year. Really didn't stand out statistically, but everything's there. I mean, like, what do you want me to say? Oh, yeah, he didn't have stats. Yeah, how'd that work out with Odafe Owe? Uh, I'm going to remind you guys of that this whole offseason. Anywho, uh, 19 is DeMarvin Leal. He was in the top 10 at number six in Big Board 1.0. He's only a pass rusher, but he can't stop the run. So if you're looking for an interior pass rusher, go get him. I love him, but not the guy. At 18, Devin Lloyd out of Utah. These next three I could have put in the top 15. I love all three of them. Devin Lloyd is as good as N'Kobe Dean. Probably not as athletic, but he's really, really good. Really, really good. And, man, I – again, he's a guy I'd love to have on this defense and just further improve it. Like, him and JOK or N'Kobe Dean and JOK. Jesus. Like, have fun, everybody. At 17, Kenyon Green, the guard out of Texas A&M. He could be a guard or a right tackle. He's athletic. He's big. He's a great blocker. I mean, it's plain and simple. He's just a safe pick who checks off all the boxes you want. Charles Cross is number 16 out of Mississippi State. He's a potential left tackle. He's probably the most hit and miss out of the top three left tackles, but he's really good. And if he hits, he could be the best out of all of them. By the way, we're watching Jimmy G just carve up the Dallas defense right now. Did you know Travis Benjamin was still in the league? Yes. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Shout out to the rabbit. Yeah, still- because guess who that coach is? Kyle Shanahan. Drink. And touchdown San Fran. Wow. They, are, I picked are, them are, to win. Are I did you, pick them to win. Today. Is San Francisco sure they want to trade Jimmy G? Maybe they want to trade Trey Lance. I'd call. Would you take him? I'll give you a two. I'm dead serious. I'll give him a two right now. I really will. Thanks. Because the logic is you didn't use them. True. And you want to know what? The way I see it is you wasted a first round pick. I'm not giving you a one because he's unproven. I'll give you a two because he's so talented. He'd be QB one in this draft class, right? Oh, without question. Okay. Without question. Uh-uh. Still not. A team- a team will give up a one for Trey Lance if he was. I know, I know. And it, it, if I'm New Orleans, I'm calling and I'm doing that. Yeah. Or if I'm the Eagles, I would even consider it with three ones. If I can't pay the price and I want an upgrade from Jalen Hurts, he is an upgrade from Jalen Hurts. It, there'll be growing pains, but he is an upgrade. Just saying. But anyways, uh, Drake London starts the top 15 out of USC, 6'5", 210". He's faster than you think. He's a great route runner. He is outstanding at the point of attack on the ball. And think about this. He missed a month of the season. 88 catches, 1,084 yards, 7 TDs. At USC, 
with those quarterbacks. That this guy is good. Like he is potentially wide receiver one. It's so close between all of them. At 14, defensive tackle Jordan Davis. Did we all see Vita Valle play? Do you see the importance of a physical, athletic defensive tackle in the nose position? Yeah, that, that's Vita Valle and that's Jordan Davis. Did you see him blow up a bunch of plays against Bama this week? I'm not saying one game says everything, but his tape consistently shows he can be a guy who wrecks havoc because of his size and athleticism. And for me, if I'm the Browns, I really am considering him at 13 if he's available. If the wide receiver I want's not there, either I would trade down or I'd take Jordan Davis. And I know we have Danny Shelton, you know, you know, PTSD. And Phil Taylor, PTSD. I know, but. Shout out Phil. He's in the Browns podcast game too. But he's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he's is. a great guy. He's a great guy. And honestly, if it wasn't for injuries, Taylor had it. Yes, he, he had did. it. He did. A lot of people forget that though. Yeah, but Davis is great. I'd love to have him. I don't know if it's at 13, but you know, we'll see. 13, Nicobe Dean out of Georgia. The dude's a freaking baller. You could give me a case that he's probably a top 10 player in this draft. Athletic, smart, a missile to the ball. He does everything you Jokey want. Jokey loves him. I I'm falling for this kid. Yeah. He's really good. I don't put yeah. linebackers as high, but both Devin Lloyd and Nicobe Dean are that good. Like when you check off all the boxes and you're coming from these programs that churn guys out, yes, you got to consider them. So Nicobe Dean, number 13, number 12 and 11 are back-to-back wide receivers from the same school. Now, Jack, I'm going to let you guess which one's 11 and which one's 12. Olave's 12, Wilson's 11. Yes. Olave, I don't know, is a wide receiver one in the NFL. No. I think he's a wide receiver two at best. Like, my comparison to him is Cooper Cup, but faster. You mean the future offensive player of the league? (laughs) But Cooper Cup is like a slot one. There's this, I call it a slot one. Right. Where they're kind of like a Swiss army knife when it comes to the wide receiver position, but they're kind of the wide receiver one, but they're not technically the wide receiver one. That's kind of what Olave is. And if you know how to use him, he's going to be that. Right. So I have him at 12 and yes, everyone would say, well, if he's Cooper cup, why isn't he wide receiver one? I don't think he has the big home run playability that, he had at Ohio state because compared to NFL players, again, the speed, when you're playing the big 10 at Ohio state compared to the NFL is very big, very big. When you're playing a Northwestern, all the respect, Greg Newsom's extremely athletic and they have some, actually, let me, let me use another one because they've got some guys, Illinois. When you're playing in Illinois, they don't have athletes. You are going to burn them all day. Rutgers, same thing. Maryland, same thing. You're going to burn these dudes because Mm -hmm. they don't have athletes. So Olave's explosiveness is good, not great. Wilson's is great. Now, he is not wide receiver one because I've caught something that other people are noticing. He drops easy passes. 
I'm noticing he has bad, not bad hands, but not ideal hands. And that's starting to worry me a little bit, which I think if he doesn't do well at the combine, which I'm watching that gauntlet drill very closely, Garrett Wilson. And I think it's going to hit your palms. And if you let it hit your palms, you're going to be off the top 15 by the time this is all over. Because then I'm going to see a red flag. And if you look at my top 10 hits that I've had, majority are wideouts. I know what I'm looking for in a wideout. And I thank Stephen Hill every day for teaching me because <laughs> I made so many years with him. But for right now, I'm going to bet on the upside and say he's a wide receiver one and Wilson's number 11. And number 10, David Ojabo out of Michigan, the edge. God, he's so explosive and he's so freaking good. Now, his run game needs improvement. But the other thing I'm a little worried about with him is you have Aiden Hutchinson on the other side. Everybody had to focus on him. And you have Chris Hinton in the middle as well. You have a really good defensive line there that took the pressure off you. What are you going to do if you're not on that right team? Which is why I think he's a fit with the Browns because you have Miles. But if he doesn't go to that right team, like let's say it's the Giants or no, the Giants is great for him. The Giants is a dream fit for him. If he goes to the Jets, he's not going to be good because he needs he needs that help at first while he gets settled. But the upside's there to be a guy who can get eight to nine to 10 sacks a year, maybe even more. So we'll see how he tests going forward. Number nine is wide receiver number one, Traylon Burks. Guys, watch him. In the biggest games of the year, this dude stepped up. And one of his best games was against Bama. He tore Bama apart pretty much by himself. He kept Arkansas alive. That tells me you translate in the NFL. At freaking Arkansas, you're doing it by yourself with that team? Are you kidding me? Yes, I want him. That's the guy I want for the Browns right now. Home run ability, size, ability. God, this dude just does everything really, really good. I wish he had a little bit more speed, but you want to what? I'll take it. Guy just... Let me put it this way. If you were to ask me, Alex, who's your comp to Traylon Burks? A Josh Gordon who doesn't smoke weed. If he turns into that, hello, everybody. We have a wide receiver now. At number eight, Tyler Linderbaum. Did everyone see him throw down Tristan Wirfs like a ragdoll? Do I really need to explain why I'm in love with this kid? athletic, strong. He literally carried that IOO line to the Big Ten championship game. Like, okay, he couldn't handle Michigan's D-line. Most teams couldn't. Most teams couldn't in all college football. Pretty much only Georgia and Bama may have been able to handle him. And that's what happened. The kid's going to be the center of the future for whoever drafts him. Like, even if he's available at 13, I'm thinking about it. Even though Nick Harris did look good, it's like, God, it's such an upgrade from Nick Harris that maybe Nick Harris can kind of be my 
you know, swing guy in the middle. Mm. I'm just saying. Right, but he can't play guard. True, but maybe you can still coach him up a little bit. Maybe. Just saying. Right. No, I, 13, I completely get what you're saying there. Oh, for sure. It's about building depth. What What does Depot's chart say? You have to always keep building depth. Right. And that would be it. Number seven. I cannot pronounce his last name. Akeem Ikwanu out of NC State, and he could very much be in the top five when this is all said and done, maybe even top three. Athleticism, size, a bully at the left tackle position, and he's more athletic than Evan Neal. He will stay on the left side. He has the potential to be the best left tackle in this draft. He's done it since he was a freshman at NC State. He, he comes from an athletic family. His brother is a linebacker at Notre Dame. He comes from an athletic family. It's hard not to fall in love with this guy. And I love him. I really do. And I can't wait to watch more of him because he might unseat Neil when this is all over. Six, George Karloftis out of Purdue, the edge. He just does everything well. Like if you want that solid edge guy that you know is going to produce day one, Oh, geez, Jimmy G, what a beautiful throw there. Throwing dimes. Are you sure you want to trade him? <laughs> I'll take him. I'll take him. I'll give you a two right now. <laughs> For Jimmy G? I'll give you a nice shiny two. Maybe a three. Hey, I'm desperate for a quarterback who can get me back. Give him one of them threes that we'll get when one of our executives Okay, fine, fine. I'll give you a three this year and a three next year and shut up and take it. Screw it. I can always trade down on one of those picks to collect more. Okay? There. Set it. But Karloftis does everything so well. Like, he's going to be the safest edge guy in the draft to get. Number five, Derek Stingley. I mean, he hasn't had the stats, but from a physical and tools standpoint, 6'1", 195, runs a 4'3", and he's proven at LSU to be a shutdown corner when he wants to be. I think the uncertainty at LSU with that coaching position played a major role on his motivation. Now, you can say that's a deterrent, and I would give you that. But I also think he's preserving himself knowing he's going to be a top five pick. Who else hasn't had, who else didn't have the stats or hasn't had the stats in college or the pros and has been a shutdown corner? I mean, there are plenty. Do you want to go down the list? Denzel Ward. I, I was going to say, do you want to go down the list? Yeah, we could just say Denzel Ward. And there you go. And he was the fourth pick in the draft in 2018. Exactly. And he's been an all, he's been an all pro caliber corner since. Exactly. My only question with him is, has he recovered from his foot injury? Will he lose a step? If he's recovered <clears throat> and if it doesn't look like it's going to be a nagging thing, He's a top three player in this draft, without question. I'd push Aiden Hutchinson the four if I had to, um, which kind of gives you a tease of he's in the top three. Evan Neal is number four out of Alabama. I think he's the safest out of all the tackle prospects. He can play right or left side. He's going to be a great run blocker. Question is on the passing play, but I think he's at least a pure 
plug and play right tackle in the right situation, potentially a franchise left tackle when this is all said and done. At this play, that play looked bad, but okay. Bad Jimmy G. I don't think I was Jimmy G. Uh, you might be out third down. I'm probably behind you, but whatever. I was on uh, second down. Oh, no, that second down play was just a mess. Yeah, yeah the guy was wide open well, down the field. Yeah. You know, even quarterbacks miss those. We complain about Baker's vision. It's yeah. nah, a lot of quarterbacks don't have it. So <laughs> actually, I, I'm going to give him a pass on that one on Kittle because I don't know how he throws across his body and makes that throw. True, 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 true. So I'm going to give him that one. Uh, number three, Aiden Hutchinson. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. What does this mean with the top two? Somebody has moved up. Aiden Hutchinson is great. How can you not love him? He's explosive. He is a freaking leader. He is a guy that you want to build your defense around. But he's not as athletically gifted as another edge guy. Plus, he was shut down in that game against Georgia. I'm not saying that's the main reason, but man, I, it's hard for me to pass on Kayvon Thibodeau for Aiden Hutchinson. If you were to say to me, Alex, Aiden or Kayvon, I have to say Kayvon. Kayvon has more upside, more athletic ability, more potential than Aiden Hutchinson does. And I go by potential as the end-all be-all when it comes to you know, making a decision on a player. Meaning number two is Kayvon Thibodeau. Athletically, checks off every box, seven sacks in 10 games. He wrecks havoc in the backfield. He was a menace in the Pac-12 this year. And I absolutely love him. But for the second time in my 10 years, I've only given out one perfect grade, one only one his name was quentin nelson out of notre dame a guard and i made him my number one player on the board in 2018 it wasn't close you couldn't tell me that bradley chubb denzel ward any of these guys were better than quentin nelson he was the number one player on my board and he has lived up to the number one player on my board and for this reason, it was very hard for me to look at this guy's tape and say, man, he really is a perfect prospect. There is no flaw. Athleticism's there. The size is there. The gameplay tape is there. Everything checks off. And I had to ask some friends who may know a thing or two. And I said, is he the best? defensive prospect your school's ever seen and both said yes i just wanted to hear it i already knew the answer but i knew what i was going to do for the second time ever i'm giving a perfect grade i don't need the combine to know it i think at worst he's run a 445 which at his position is outstanding the game tape checks out and this dude is going to be a stud in the NFL. I, I don't see how he doesn't. I, I just don't see it. Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame, perfect grade. He is an all pro grade. I'm not saying Hall of Fame. I never give Hall of Fame grades. Never will. 
I tried to with Andrew Luck, and I'm like, nope, nope, don't do it. That's not fair. He is an all-pro, pro bowler player every freaking year. It, it, there's no question. The guy is 6'4", 220, and runs a 4'340", for God's sake. He's a missile to the ball, plays great in coverage. Without Notre Dame, they're nowhere near where they needed to be this year. This guy is the number one player on the board. It's not a question. If I don't put him at number one, I'm not doing my job as an evaluator because safety is now an important position in the NFL. With all the coverage schemes, safety is extremely important. And the fact he can be a hybrid, he can kind of be a unicorn, that's an even bigger plus because then you can use him in five different ways. This guy is the real deal. And he will probably remain number one on my board the rest of the way because I don't see anyone else getting a perfect grade. I never hand him out. Never will. Probably for some time. Probably until Arch Manning comes along and is like the perfect quarterback and you're like, Oh my God, how can the Browns get him? Tank. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll make sure he gets a McDonald's uh, endorsement. We're going to be doing the arches again. That's that's for damn sure. But yes, that is the top 25 big board. Kyle Hamilton unseats Kayvon Thibodeau simply because I, I can't deny it. I wanted to do it in Mach 1.0, but I couldn't. And I realized safeties are extremely important and he checks off every box. So Jack, did you hear any surprises, any questions on that you have so far? No, because I really haven't like dived into this draft class. Yeah. I know names, but I don't know enough to give a thorough input, but I trust your judgment. You haven't steered me wrong in terms of your talent evaluations over the years. So. I mean, if you were to ask me right now, who's the most realistic Browns option? I've gone through the mocks. I think it is plausible Traylon Burks will be there. Good. I think it's very plausible. Looking at it, Atlanta's really the only team, maybe the Giants that might need a wide receiver. The Jets. I don't think they're going to do it that early. They have two first-round picks, though. So they theoretically could. They could, but this wide receiver group is so intriguing in the second round with guys like Dotson who might fall, David Bell, George Pickens out of Georgia, who I think has – we didn't see him at his best this year. Like He is more talented than what people think. Right. There are guys in the second round that the Jets are going to say, it's not a priority. Elijah Moore played really good down the stretch. And they need some defensive studs too. So they may need a tackle. Right. That's because of the Becton stuff. But I think now you're talking about a situation where it's plausible that every wide receiver could be there at 13. I think it all depends on what happens with the Calvin Ridley situation, what the Falcons plan is. Beyond him, are they going to just say Russell Gage is the number one receiver here now? No. Are they going to spend for it in free agency? Maybe. They really can't, though. They're still in cap hell and will be with Matt Ryan's contract on them. Exactly. But I think defense is more pressing of a need always than anything else with them. 
Right. So you really can't tell me that the Falcons are a huge threat in my eyes. So, I mean, I think if you get every wide receiver on the board, Trey Burks is very realistic. I think it's plausible Linderbaum makes it. I think it's possible Ojabo makes it. But I think if you're to say, Alex, who are the two most likely guys you would take? Traylon Burks, if we're going wide out. If we're not going wide out, Jordan Davis. And it all depends on what, you know, the evaluation is on defensive tackles, what's important to this front office. I also will say it will not stunt me in the slightest. If the wide receiver they want is not there, trade down is in play. Trade down is very much in play. Jack Duffins reiterated that as well. Because think about the teams behind the Browns, Philly, Miami, Pittsburgh, New Orleans. What do they all need? Quarterback. And a guy like Sean Payton may try to jump a couple spots by giving us maybe his two or his three, maybe a one, three in future three or a one, three in a future two, which is probably ideal. And jump up to get Kenny Pickett. Because I think Kenny Pickett's going to be there at 13. No, do not touch him in the slightest. But he will be there. I don't see him. I don't see Carolina taking a quarterback unless if they really whiff on everybody and they're desperate. But I think that will even help the Browns too because somebody may like Matt Corral and say, let me go get him. Or maybe they might fall in love with Malik Willis. Maybe he shines and someone jumps up. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Bradley Zapp out of uh, Western Kentucky, you know, jumps. I mean, that's a very possible scenario, folks. He's really good. But I'm telling you guys, trade down's very much an option. And I'm very much open to it. In fact, real quick, if you guys didn't see, I know Jack saw today's post of Alex's additions in a uh, in uh, the pro football focus uh, mock draft where I traded with the Cardinals (laughs) got a one next year. They're 24th overall pick in 56 Jack. How'd I do They're pretty good. And then I traded down again, got a two next year along with the third round pick from the chiefs and just swapped out my first round pick with them and gave them my fourth this year. And then got Chris Olave. There you go. I'm GM of the year, aren't I? Yes. And then I got Travis Jones out of Connecticut, which he's pretty good too. And then Trey McBride. I showed you a boy Mafe out of Minnesota, who I actually love right now. Wandale Robinson, keep your eyes on him. Love him. I, I think he's going round two, but if he's there in round three, I will double dip. I will double dip. This kid is a slot beast waiting to happen browns need that they need that slot guy man yeah just please but uh, to kind of wrap this all up um actually we got two quick things but like jack what are your most realistic off-season expectations for the browns so two years ago they revamped the offensive line Mm -hmm. last year they revamped the secondary I expect them to revamp the wide receiver room this offseason. 
Barry seems to have a goal and he'll go attack that. I feel like wide receiver something they'll attack. Um, do realistically retain some of the core guys we got. Najoku and Clowney immediately come to mind. Tinker with the roster, but still have Super Bowl aspirations in mind. I expect guys are going to leave this team and fans aren't going to be happy. But at the end of the day, and Barry said this last week in his presser, his goal is to put a team out there that can compete ultimately for a Super Bowl. And that's exactly. the goal. Exactly. He's going he's gonna to leave no stone unturned. Mm-hmm. I expect, like I said, I expect them to revamp the wide receiver room in the draft, maybe add a free agent worth value. At the same time, keep some of the core guys, look potentially for quarterback, but I'm expecting Baker to be the guy next year until we find out something else. But, you know, just keep building on what we got and keep building a potential Super Bowl roster here. Exactly. And I think that's kind of what I'm expecting too. Uh, I think Jack and I share the same sentiments, um, especially with what's going on with the playoffs. You know, maybe the 49ers win today and the 49ers say, Hey, you want to know what Jimmy G gives us the best shot to win next year. And uh, we're not going to trade him, And we're just going to let Trey Lance sit another year, which wouldn't be the worst idea ever. It wouldn't, but man, you know, I, I just don't see a quarterback coming available that the Browns are going to pay the price tag for. That's the thing. I don't think Kirk cousins is going to, really costs a ton, but I think it's going to cost too much from a cap standpoint when you're giving away draft capital. That's where I'm a little concerned. So that's where I think the Browns, um, you know, have a problem with, you know, what's going on with the Kirk Cousins situation. You know, the 40 million in a cap hit, that's big. So if they're going to, if the Vikings are going to say, cause again, they're probably rebuilding. They're going to be saying, Hey, we want a second round pick. And the Browns are going to say, we're taking a $40 million cap hit. Hell no. We're not taking that hit. We're not saving your cap space. No, we'll give you a three or a four and you'll like it. And that's where the sticking point's going to be that the Browns are going to have problems making a trade for Kirk Cousins. Same could be said for Jimmy G, who let's say they win and yet the 49ers still want to trade him. The 49ers will up that value and say, hey, he won us a playoff game this year and he's only making X amount of money this year. So give us a second round pick. And the Browns are going to say, but he's got one more year in his contract. We're not giving you a second round pick for a guy that we're going to play out the year at quarterback and see if he's the guy. No, we'll give you a three and you'll like it. And maybe even a four. And no one's going to do it. And that's where the quarterback problem is. And you probably, again, if the Steelers thing is true, I'm more than fine running it back with Baker. Because again, I still don't think you don't finish worse than third next year. Again, with Baker compared to Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins or Kenny Pickett on the Steelers. So. That's my two cents on what to expect this season. I agree. Wide receiver, interior defensive line is going to be the focus. Free agency, maybe. I think wide receivers more so draft. Um, maybe a veteran presence into the room. I think Landry is going to get out of the team, or they're going to find a way to restructure and extend them. He's cut. 
okay, he's gone. So then they'll find a they'll find a veteran. They'll go and yeah. find a veteran. And maybe they might find a young guy who's looking to become a wide receiver too. I think if I'm not mistaken, isn't the Alan Lazard a free agent or something? I'm not sure about that. We'll have to look there, at that. I, I want to see, I want to see what what options are there from the young, like unproven side. I know people will say Cedric Wilson of the 40 of the Cowboys and eh, still 50, 50 on him, but you know, it is what it is. You're not getting the big names. You're just not like Gallup, um, Godwin, others. No Robinson Robinson, maybe because he's a veteran and he yeah. might not be as long of a deal. And we almost but, signed him a few years ago, 2018. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I think he's a 50 50, mm-hmm. but we'll see. We'll see what happens. And for all we know, guys are going to be made available for trade. The guy I want wide receiver wise, I wouldn't be shocked. DJ Chark. I wouldn't mind him at all. I would love to have him. Um, but that's kind of what I'm expecting. But to end the show, Jack knows where I'm going with this. We are going to do a little return of, you know, what really pisses me off. This is not to any specific person in general, but if you're going to be a Browns fan and then you're going to attack the Browns fans when you do the exact thing yourself, you're not a fan of the Browns. I'm sorry. Like, I don't understand this. Like, last week it was one person who I had a good relationship with. And granted, you know, it seems like I think we're cool, but I think he understands my frustrations. Like, you say you're a Browns fan. No, you're a Baker fan. And now you're rooting for the Bengals. Okay, fine. You were never really a Browns fan because no Browns fan would ever jump from the Browns to the Bengals. So, sorry, bro. That's, you were never a fan. To other people who say, Well, I want Juju on the Browns. Why? Because you're interested in the clout he brings? I don't understand that logic. Like, why would anyone want Juju Smith-Schuster after we've seen the decline of Antonio Brown? It's the exact same trajectory. Injuries, clout chasing. Dude's more invested in TikTok than he is the NFL. And you want him on the Browns? boy, do you want the Browns to suck forever? That's not what this organization is trying to build. But keep pushing your narrative. I'm not saying they're not smart. I'm not. He is going to be someone that is going to be a problem on this team. When we bring up logical facts, I'm just saying. Not saying you don't know your stuff. You do. A bunch of people do. But when I ask the simple logical question, how does he affect the chemistry of this team? I don't give a damn about talent. That's not what this team wants. They want a DJ Chark who wants out of Jacksonville, is hungry to freaking win, and is an extremely talented player who, as far as I know, has never had a problem once in the NFL with any attitude stuff. If anything, it was small and it's been forgotten. Mm-hmm. That's why I want DJ Chark. 
But instead, let's attack the fan base talking about stuff. I don't understand fans who have all the clout and feel like they're empowered to just attack and feel like they represent us. But you know, that's what the national narrative is. Wouldn't be shocking if a corporate sponsor potentially said, hey, kind of turn heel on Browns fans because we want Browns fans to be miserable. Right. That has been a national narrative. You need the Browns to suck because you have all the memes that you stored away for a year because you couldn't fucking use them. And now, oh my God, we get to use them again. Misery in Cleveland. When you should be making fun of the Houston Texans for hiring their, for firing their coach after one year for no reason other than he won three more games than he should have or Jacksonville for having Trent fucking bulky as the GM. The Jaguar fans went to the game dressed as clowns. A fan in a trivia question answered D, Trent Bulky at the game. They asked who, what Jaguars player did this? And she said, D, fire Trent Bulky. That is a meme. How are you not jumping on the bandwagon on this? That they are the problem. So I don't understand why people are building this narrative and following people. I don't give a damn about clout or anything. I speak my mind and I speak what I believe. I mean, Jack and I know that like ever since the break, we haven't had as many hits on the podcast because we stopped doing it regularly. And yeah. you know what? I don't fucking care. I don't. Like, I just do it because I enjoy it now. I have more important things in my life. But here's the thing. If you're going to paint us in a negative light, then don't support us anymore. Wear your Steeler gear. Wear your Bengals gear. Go root for the other team that, honestly, you just want to be the bandwagon fan for because, oh, they're winning. I can't handle losing. Well, then you weren't a fan at all. Like, if you're going to jump from us to the Bengals during this playoff run, get out. No way in hell would any 80s Browns player, no way in hell would any of the original Browns that came back would do that shit. You see them jumping over there? No. And don't give me the Larry Ogan Joby argument. Screw him. He went there. He had other options. He didn't have to go to Cincy. Screw him. I don't give a damn. You left. You left to play in division. Just like other players have done it and come to Cleveland, Andrew Hawkins being a main one. But if you're going to jump ship and just root for Joe Burrow because, oh, he went to Ohio State. You know, he left too. So you should root for LSU from now on, right? That LSU is your other team, right? None of you understand what rivalries are. If this is what you're going to do, then you can, then you have to start rooting for Michigan because clearly Ohio State, Michigan no longer means anything to you. Jack, do I as a Michigan, Michigan state fan, do I hate Ohio state with every fiber in my body and relish every second when they lose? Yes. And when Michigan or Michigan state loses, do you relish every second of it? Yes. Because they're rivals and we're supposed to. Right. 
you can't, I mean, like, okay, congratulations. Since you won your playoff game first time since the USSR was still a thing. Congratulations. You know, Berlin wall was still standing last time you won a playoff game. Congrats. I wasn't even born. <laughs> I was one year old there. But the point is, is that you guys are going to root for them. I did say that the Bengals are my pick to win the Super Bowl or go the Super Bowl because they're just on a roll. But that's analysis. Am I rooting for that? Hell no. Right. That's just a cruel twist of fate that the football gods put upon the Browns. And if you're rooting for that shit, then celebrate your we failed in the playoffs. You should throw a Baker's our quarterback parade when he's going to be the starter next year. Throw all your stupid little loser parades. Let McNeil run them all because God knows he knows how to do it. I don't, it doesn't matter if McNeil is involved or not. I mean, McNeil just seems like a, a troll that, you know, if it's funny, he'll do it. It's not like he wants this. Even McNeil doesn't want this shit. That tells you everything you need to know. If the troll doesn't want it, you don't want it. But yet we have people who claim they're Browns fans doing this shit. You aren't Browns fans. You don't live in Cincinnati. You're not from there. You're from Cleveland, damn it. Or you root for Cleveland, damn it. I mean, do I need to use the Weish clip and flip it on them? Do I really need to use it? Because that's not... He said it for a reason because he was trying to point out the Cincy fans are better than us. It is fucking war. And I want a quarterback to beat Burrow next year. I want to beat the Steelers down. I want to beat the goddamn Ravens who stole my fucking team down. I'm tired of this bullshit and I'm tired of your fucking narratives that just paint us in such a bad light. That's not what we're supposed to do. And that's what made this whole season for me to do pods every week so toxic. I wanted no part of it. Fuck that. And that's why I just decided I'm not doing it. Because I saw all the toxic energy. And I even spewed in our Dogland Writers chat. And I had to take a week just to think. And I did, and I came back a little bit more positive. Am I still petty about a lot of shit? Yes but I'm allowed to be paid because they're my fucking rivals. You don't think Ohio state fans. I I know they're happy about the Georgia thing, but you don't think that they're petty that they couldn't beat Ohio state and maybe thought, you know, we may have been able to beat Georgia and then maybe we would have been able to beat Bama and we would have won the national championship. You don't think you're not petty about that. Jack. Yeah, you're right. You you watched that Michigan game probably saying if it was us, it would at least be a close game because we can pass the ball. Yeah. That's pettiness. That's a rivalry. Yeah. And then so to throw and then to throw like polls out like, do you only watch the Browns or do you watch multiple games? First of all, we're football fans. We're going to watch other football if the Browns aren't on. Like, yeah, I the Browns are my team. I'm watching this 49er Cowboys game. Do I have a dog in the fight? No. I mean, I want to see good that football. Pull stuff, that poll stuff is irrelevant to me. It's more right. so talking about like fans who are toxic. Oh, well, those and are just within cl- your own fan base. And it's like fans. Look, yeah. And I'm like, look at a freaking mirror. <clears throat> you see me like, look, 
when I've attacked fans, I've had a reason to do it. I attacked fans for the 0-16 parade. McNeil and I had a little bit of a feud at one time. But in that time since, I think we've sort of let bygones be bygones. And, you know, we've made jokes. And I last year I said, well, I guess the parade meant something. You know, and we laughed about it because we're fans at the end. I hated McNeil for it. I hate a lot of fans for it. Me too. But you cope with it in your own way. Fine, whatever. I don't agree with it, but it is what it is. But still, I personally think that this whole thing could have been handled. I like these whole fans that are just chasing clout it's bringing out the worst in us. It it happens in the spaces. It happens here and now it happens on Twitter. It happens everywhere. I think we, as Browns fans need to all collectively just get off Twitter for like a month and collect ourselves after this season and ask number one, are we really fans of this team? Cause if not switch sides and root for who you want to root for, Because if you can't handle, like, the losing, the misery, all that stuff, that this ain't the team for you. This has been us. I mean, do you see Lions fans doing this shit? No. They're uniting under Dan Campbell. And they won two games or three games this year. They won two. They won two. They won two games this year, and they're united. You barely missed the playoffs and we're divided five different ways. And that's because Detroit doesn't have that toxic fan base acting all elite. Oh, look at me, you know, I follow me and, you know, I'll make sure your voice is heard. And all you got to do is agree with me. No, I don't agree with you. I don't want Juju Smith-Schuster on my team. That dude can get the fuck out of the league like Antonio Brown. How about Antonio Brown goes, does his rap album, and Juju can dance to the rap album on his TikTok saying, supporting my homie AB84, man. And he goes viral for it, and you make your money, and you just go the fuck away. Just go away. No one wants you. No one cares about you. We live in this world of, oh, (laughs) everything's got to go viral. It's whatever. And maybe this is the reaction they want. Fine. I don't give a fuck. Because I voice my frustrations. I have the mic in front of me here. I don't really care. It's my show. And if 100 people hear it, awesome. If a million people hear it, awesome. If five people hear it, that's awesome. I don't give a fuck. I'm the pilot of this show. Jack's my co-pilot. I'm Maverick. He's Goose. And guess what? We just shot down the bogey, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You want to what we're calling this segment? Shooting down bogeys. I like it. Shooting down bogeys. I love it. (laughs) I love it. New name of the segment. Shooting down bogeys. Yes, sir. All right. With that said, next week, uh, I have no idea what we'll talk about, but we'll probably have a guest. Sweet. Yeah, we're working on it. 
Uh, so you can follow me at the CLE sports guy. You can follow the top dogs at the top dogs, D A W G S just like dog pound. Uh, not the good pound or whatever it's called. Not, not that, not that we're past that shit. Anyways, you can follow Jack at Jack McCurry 08. And we will talk to you guys next week.